Welcome to the Teachers Podcast in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. So setting boundaries as a teacher is really hard. There are a lot of demands on us as teachers and our time and it's really easy to find ourselves in a position where our life work balance is just non-existent. And this happened to my guest Gemma who was a secondary teacher in RE. Uh, She was a co-department leader as well and an academic year group leader and Gemma left teaching in her words feeling battered, bruised and completely broken. But now Gemma is a fully qualified uh, education wellbeing coach and owner of her own business, which is Headsphere. And through Headsphere, she now strives to ensure that teachers set clear boundaries so that they can love their jobs again and keep that life work balance. I mean, how amazing is that? Because often when we've fallen out of love with teaching, it's really hard to get that back. And that's what Gemma helps with. So if you're feeling a bit fed fed up with the job, then hopefully Gemma can help you with some techniques so that you can start enjoying it again. Let's get to the interview. So Gemma, welcome to the Teachers Podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining me. This is our second attempt, isn't it? Because we did try, we had internet issues. Um, so it kind of feels a bit weird for us. We're like, oh, we're halfway through. So we're just going to go with it. So let's kick off then. So you talk about something that I'm really passionate about. Can you explain what an educational wellbeing coach is to a teacher who has never come across a term before? Well, essentially, it's someone that is there for a teacher. Um, so I help teachers to create clear boundaries, love their job again, and crucially help them to thrive both inside the classroom, where you want to be awesome for the students, but also outside, where you actually want to have your own life and enjoy um, time outside of school. And actually just do that without guilt or without feeling bad for doing it or feeling like you should be thinking about school so I'm really just helping teachers create those boundaries and then they can enjoy the best of both worlds so the funny thing there is that you actually sound like you're doing something real with well-being because I think one of the things that happens in schools is that well-being has become this word where sometimes it's it's a token and it's cake in the staff room or or whatever and that's something I'm very against, even though I love cake so much, um, but it's not, it doesn't help you manage your life. Um, Have you got any thoughts around token wellbeing? Well, interestingly, um, I run a clubhouse um, event uh, each uh, every fortnight with an amazing um, person called Florence. And our next session is actually on like, what makes a good well-being course because they are you're right so often a token thing of oh make sure that you go to bed on time and have cake if you're feeling down um when actually it helps in that immediate moment like you know the endorphins from eating a load of chocolate but it doesn't really it's just a sticking plaster and, mm. and that's the challenge so often with well-being and te- with in teaching is that it's just a right you know there 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 we've bought you cake you should feel better now you know, go off and do all the work that you need to do. Um, when actually, well-being is is far more practical than that. Yeah, and 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 for me, I think taking work away, looking for ways to take work away, um, or use time more effectively as a as a collective, and it become um, 
known, even something that I'm working on in Classroom Secrets now is, hmm, how can we get the team? How can we... So we were a remote company before anyway, um, even though we did have an office and we did enter the office more, but how can we, instead of just embracing remote working like lots of other companies are doing, how can we make remote working the best thing ever and, and make that part of being able to have more time doing the things we love? Like that's something that I think schools should be working on as well. Obviously it's not about remote working, but how can we fit more in so that we can have more time just to do the things that we love i feel like i went off on a tangent there so i'm gonna just bring you straight back but i just love talking about well-being and and not just that is having the power and the intention to do something different and being able to stick to that and go it's all right for it to be different it's all right for us to find a better way because often especially in school we we don't feel empowered to find a better way or do something different or do something better yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember so many times coming home as a teacher to my partner and be like, I have to do all of this work. And him be like, do you have to do it? And I'm like, well, it's just the way it is. That's just the way teaching is. And therefore I have to do this. And taking that power that each teacher has and then just putting it on the system and saying, well, it's the system's fault. Until the system changes, I can't do anything about my own um, boundaries, my own well-being, um, mm. my own work ethic, when actually that's really not the case. And what I love is the fact that we can actually empower each individual teacher and you know those teachers originally might be like oh you know they they don't take work home every evening well they can't be a truly dedicated teacher well that's not the case it's being more efficient it's being more savvy it's being willing to say no as well because if it doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve the students why are we doing it so Mm. it's it's questioning and and as a collective you know within your teams within your departments are saying actually we can work out a better way to do this that does serve the students because obviously they're always our center but actually they serve us because if we don't serve ourselves we're going to be terrible and useless for the students so we might as well put ourselves first to benefit them yeah I always find it interesting because obviously I'm a leader now and I find a lot of similarities between teaching and leading but teachers are leaders without being at the top and yeah. without necessarily being able to affect the change that they want to change. But I know as a leader, oh my word, the, just the energy that it takes for everyday, everyday things that you do as a leader, there's, you've got to constantly top up inside. Mm-hmm. And we're not encouraged necessarily to do that in teaching in the way that we need to, to be able to, to keep it going. Um, and it's difficult when you can't make those decisions yourselves. So... Why is there a need then for educational well-being coaches? I mean, going back up to the top of the system, I mean, we've got a major retention crisis going on. You know, over one in three teachers now will leave in their first five years of entering the classroom. Hmm. And that's just horrific. You know, we're losing the people that are typically the most enthusiastic and, and willing to do everything, and you know, all above because it's their new career and, and they've you know that's their main focus so that is a huge um challenge so if we can help those people um to originally start as teachers and put in those boundaries immediately so that they don't come in with unrealistic expectations then get compounded by more unrealistic expectations from line managers senior leadership you know all the way up to the top um that can make a real difference but also the fact that you know 
um, Education Support, which is a um, teacher wellbeing charity in the UK. In 2020, they reported that two in three educational professionals are reporting out a stressed, and over three quarters of um, you know senior leaders are stressed. What if we are such a caring sector? You know, we want to promote um, a, a good balance of life, and they also demonstrate that to our students. We're not doing that right now, and we're really just using our human beings, our teachers, as just a finite resource and just, you know, oh, it's fine, we'll just top it up later with more um, young people or, you know, young teachers coming in and we'll burn mm -hmm. them out and then we'll replace them again. So it's, human being-wise, it's incredibly costly. It's not a good motive for the students of this is what a good work-life balance, balance um, looks like. Um, but also, you know, we could save a huge amount of money as schools on um, retaining staff. Then we don't have to spend so much on uh, bringing supply teachers in. We don't need to uh, spend so much on recruitment. There's a huge financial incentive as well for schools. Mm. You see, businesses wouldn't act like that. You know, we, we've had, uh, we've grown really fast at Classroom Secrets. We've had lots of teachers enter and we've had teachers leave. And actually it's quite, not only costly, but it, it takes a lot of time as well it takes a lot of time to train people and you could say oh well it's all right because they go on the pgc to be trained or they're trained by a teaching school but getting to know the systems and how the school works and experience is more valuable i think than we realize mm. um so i think that's important to, for everybody to remember yeah and it's also for the students as well you know having that continuity of students you know we talk about oh isn't it good that you know that they see the same teacher each week or they, um, for us primary school, they have the same person every single day. You know, if you are falling ill due to overwhelming exhaustion, then they're gonna get an inconsistent experience from you. And that's not to say it's therefore your fault, you should turn up, but it's just that we need to care and nurture our teachers in order to actually care and nurture the next generation. Mm, yeah, I find that really interesting. Um, when I was a secondary teacher, I think I just felt very alone. I didn't feel, like I was part of the team, but there I was kind of like, I suppose, on the coal face, just try, try to survive. Um, and it can really feel like that, I think, especially in a secondary school when it's just such a big machine um, yeah. to feel part of anything. So why why are you so passionate about teacher wellbeing then? Oh, I mean, I, I needed it myself. I... I was, I am one of those three, one in three teachers that left. So am I, so am I. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like a weird badge of honor thing, which you, you know, I felt incredibly ashamed of to begin with. I was like, oh, I failed. You know, I've not managed to stick at this career that I absolutely love. Like I never stuck at anything because I, I got bored very quickly, but teaching, I loved it. I loved it so much, but then, you know, the never ending workload, the lack of appreciation, the feeling of being alone. You're absolutely right. When you're in that classroom by yourself, you know, you're not by yourself. You've got 30 kids around you, but it is really quite an isolating role. Mm -hmm. And then to feel like you're not coping, you know, I felt great shame at not being able to cope. Um, and, you know, I, I burnt out. I had a panic attack in my line manager's office, which is not the best place to have a panic attack, but never mind. Got signed off, stripped myself of all my middle leadership roles um and just 
grew so resentful of the role and what it had done to me and I felt I mean I definitely put myself in the victim's role there of like this has been done to me like the teaching has has ruined my life I'm, I'm a broken battered person um and I, I made the decision to leave because that was best for my mental health and my well-being and what I realized now is you know if I'd had someone who was like educational well-being coach alongside me before I hit that wall before I hit the burnout it's most likely I'd still be a teacher because I would still have then learned how to create that admittedly imperfect balance but a balance that worked for me where I got the right amount of work in and I got the right amount of you know self-care well-being actually the life that I like to have outside of school um, so I really just want to be that person for teachers that are finding themselves in that tight knit where they're just kind of like I love this job, but I don't like what it's doing to me. And I don't like the fact that I've just become a teacher and I don't do anything else. So I'm there to help people at that point to then really pick themselves up and go, right, how am I going to make this not only a fulfilling career as it always has been, but sustainable for myself as well. Sounds like um, what my leadership coach does with me. How can I make <laughs> leadership work with my life? <laughs> yeah. I've got these two young children. And something you said is really interesting to me, and I, and I pick up on it when anybody mentions it, but you said, you know, when, when you left, you got to this point where you were very much the victim and it was teaching's fault. Have you got a different perspective now? Yes, it's taken, well, it took being coached to get to that point, I have to say, um, where, I mean, I remember I had a line manager who said that, you know, your well-being is your responsibility. And at the time I was like, you know, it's not my fault I'm overworking. It's not my fault I'm not going to bed on time because I'm working. It's not my fault that I'm skipping lunch because I'm doing my work. And I was like, wait a minute, actually, I didn't put in those boundaries. I didn't say lunchtime, mm. my time. You know, if I don't get it done, it doesn't get done. Um, and also those mental boundaries of, of when I notice myself thinking about work outside of work saying, you know, we'll make a note of that. We'll think about it later. Not for now. Don't need to worry about that now because I'm not a teacher first. I'm a human being first and I get to have a life and I'm entitled to that life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a more empowering situation now, but when you are snowed in under it all, mm. yeah, that, that kind of, it's not my fault. I'm, it's like, this is an understandable and, and easy place to fall into um, I think it's normal you know yeah. I, I also had that mindset I think a lot of teachers you know have that mindset and I understand why because there's just so much at play you don't have time to reflect on all of that because you're too busy doing yeah so how yeah. how do you help teachers now transition into that empowering hang on a minute I can control things I mean, first of all, it comes with time. Um, and it's having that time to just set aside, say, an hour, just to vent, pause, reflect, slow down, and then go, okay, what am I going to do about this? Um, rather than our usual, because we don't stop, we're just kind of like, must keep doing, must keep doing. Because if I, if I stop, I might be too exhausted to carry back on, mm. or I might just never choose to get back on the teacher treadmill ever again. So it's, it's given that, that allotted space and that permission to just pause, reflect and say, right, what do I want to do about this? And, and leading your own life rather than being led by the teacher. Hmm. Just trying to think, you know, what, what a teacher might be thinking listening to this. 
what would you say if a, a teacher kind of said, well, this is all well and good, but how do I, you know, my SLT wouldn't be on board with this? Like, how do you get SLT on board? Or do you know, do you work with individual teachers? Do you work with whole schools? How does it, how does it work? And how do you, how do you kind of bridge that gap? I mean, it is, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a challenge because, you know, I also think it's this perception that SLT are then always wanting more and more from you, but actually they need you to be in your best um, mm. space because if you're not, then, you know, it causes unintended problems for them, you know, the bringing in yeah. supply. I completely or relate to, to that as, as a leader, you know, perception is everything. Yeah. Um, so it's actually, just, it's being, it's being brave and willing to open up that conversation and say, look, this is actually how it's going at the moment for me, rather than what we tend to do as teachers, which is just to hide and just, you know, it's fine, everything's fine, when actually inside you're like, I'm only just about holding it together. Mm. Um, so, you know, I come into schools um, and work specifically with senior leadership team and create like group coaching, and it's just a, a creating a forum, a space for teachers to just kind of be themselves, let the guard down a little bit, and know that it's a safe space in which to do it. And that then, enables people to actually support each other um which creates that really positive culture where you know actually it's okay to not be okay um we'll do the things like you know cake on fridays and stuff but actually we're also more interested in how we can properly serve you um as teachers and as members of staff yeah i love that because leaders are there to serve i agree with that okay then so if you're a teacher listening and you're thinking this sounds really interesting i'm i'm interested in finding out more on what i can do what three actionable steps can you share with teachers that they could just try out maybe this next week to improve their well-being properly and not not just with cake not a token gesture <laughs> i mean cake always good but yeah so first one would be uh, protect your non-negotiables so uh, depending on you know where you are in your life so my non-negotiables are things like making sure i go to bed and have eight hours sleep um making sure that you do the things that you love so if like say you have a, like a netball club that you used to go to that you never get around to going to that's non-negotiable and and put those in your diary first mm -hmm. and then you build the teaching around your non-negotiables so if you're a parent and you want to spend that hour with your um, child like before bed right that's that time is carved out and then when you're there making sure that you're then having those boundaries in so the boundaries are also that mental thing of saying i give myself permission not to think about teaching for the next hour and if mm -hmm. it does pop up make a quick note of it and leave it because you don't need to think about it all the time it doesn't mean that you're a traitor to your students or your school if you don't think about school occasionally um and with that you've got to be time strict so making sure that you are saying, right, I've got this set amount of time to do the marking, it's gonna get done. And if it's to the quality of a B minus rather than like an A star, then fair enough. Done is better than not done. And, you know, just kind of give yourself a bit of a break and keep that time strictness. And lastly, reduce your contactability. So making sure that you uh, can't be contacted when you're not at school. So if you're someone that's got your emails on your phone, turn off the notifications. You don't need to know about it. And likewise, you know, have like, you could even have on your own emails, say, these are my working hours. And therefore people who do email you know that they don't have to expect a response from you. So it's like you have responded and they know you'll get back to them, but you're not actually there like at beck and call all the time, all the hours. Yeah, I love that. 
that I think that's completely right. And I'm glad you said turn your notifications off because something, and I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, something I'm um, quite passionate about. Because at Classroom Secrets, we let people kind of work the hours that work for them. I don't want to say to somebody, oh, you can't email somebody at 10 o'clock at night when you get your idea and you need to get it off your chest because for them, that might mean that that takes them five minutes rather than half an hour on Monday morning. So it's also your responsibility then to not check your emails or not have your notifications on because otherwise you're you're saying, well, I want this for me, but you're putting more pressure on them, you see. So yeah, I turn all notifications off, emails, Teams, Facebook, everything. And then, yeah. because I check it, even WhatsApp, I don't have notifications on WhatsApp because too many people WhatsApp me. So I decide I'm ready to look now and see if there's any WhatsApp messages. So I really recommend that to anybody. <laughs> Turning off all notifications. I also do phone quarantine as well. So I don't know if that helps anyone. Um, so it's something that I started um, probably before the school holidays. So try and do phone quarantine when the children get home from school till roundabout they go to bed and it's difficult because the thing is in my head the, the work day is still continuing and I'm thinking about lots of things so now I try and capture the ideas sort of in a book so I can come back to them because the thing is you open up your phone and then before you know it you're, you're checking your emails and then you think you know I need to do this and then you go on to that and then you're looking at social media and all these things you just it feels very I don't know draining I suppose. Yeah. You're so down try... a rabbit hole before you know. <laughs> exactly. So try phone quarantine as well, as well as turning notifications off. So thank you. Yeah. Um, right. So where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can search my name. Uh, Twitter at Gemma underscore Drinkle. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. So you can find me there. Super. Well, thank you so thank much. You so- I know this is going to be so helpful for loads of people. I feel like, oh, between us, we've given about like six different things to try. So by the end of next week, I'm kind of expecting the whole teaching profession to be one step closer to better well-being. Yeah, it's it's the little things and it means that you take back the power for yourself as well. Feel empowered. Super. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.